0: You
1: anyway. good good getting a bit cabin fever but good yeah yeah well you know stuck in a one-bed flat
0: so. yeah you haven't got really
1: um, a a garden out, all have you so you kind of there's like a communal garden outside um, but it's been ridiculously windy and because it's like there's no walls or anything to like block out the wind so if you go sit out there you just get like gale force wind uh, but as the wind's dying down we're just going go to go sit out on the grass <laughs> and just be like fuck it yeah
0: that's
1: fair that's
0: fair yeah. I mean I think yeah I've mean, like looking at a few people and like what their like setup is I feel quite lucky that I've got that like patch of concrete <laughs> which is just like it's nothing but at least I can step outside my house without like having to go anywhere uh, yeah cool yeah. we'll crack on with this then now that we've got past all the fucking technical issues Every like everything like facebook just being the weirdest thing like you, you boot it it says allow microphone allowed microphone so now you're blocking the microphone like, great fucking great that's that's exactly what i, mean. exactly what I mean. but uh yeah i mean welcome to the podcast matt yeah that's virtual podcast which i had to do
1: <laughs> yeah i saw your uh, latest one went up today from pre-social distancing
0: yeah i've got so i had i mean even before we got into lockdown I, I had basically podcasts recorded and i've got enough to last me till may right like first week of may is when my last pre-record is there because i like at the start of the year i absolutely stacked them. like absolutely stacked him and i was trying to avoid doing anyone who had been on before essentially mm-hmm um and was just like pushing through getting every like new guest and all that kind of stuff and so i'd absolutely stack those and i was absolutely planning to do more and more recording in the last few weeks but then obviously we went to lockdown so no one could leave their houses so yeah. now i'm like ah, oh, well i guess this time i'll reach out to people i already know who have setups have webcams and that kind of thing so i can just like meander through get through the isolation of it all
1: <laughs> that it is no. oh so you see not, you're not working at the minute no I finished two weeks ago I worked from home for a week okay Um, I was able to back up the server and bring that home on a like six split partition drive um, so I dragged out a week's worth of work and then the show I was finishing on like it was, it was finishing up even without this lockdown I would have been done yeah. Sort of thing. So it's not like they ended me because of lockdown. Um, so I've had two weeks out of work now. Um, and hopefully the BBC will follow me where they sort of like hire you back and then put you on leave, a leave of absence.
0: I mean, I feel like they're not going to do that. <laughs> this is well, like a bad
1: idea. They've said they would. Because it's easily a way of funneling this government job retention scheme. Right. Okay. But they're not paying my wage. The government pays my wage through them, but I can't claim it without having a job. Right. I can't claim any benefits because I have too much money and Charlie's working.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm not self-employed because I work short, I work short term uh, PAYE contracts Okay. So yeah, like,
0: just
1: like yeah. Yeah. So it's like I'm in that weird element where yeah, like the BBC have said they'll follow me, but a lot of production companies are turning around and saying, "Oh, we're not going to do that anymore because yeah. the government changed their wording." But hmm. I don't know.
0: it's <laughs> strange. I think it's weird. Like, yeah, because like chatting to uh, like a few people, like you met Brett and Charlotte On my birthday. Yeah. Obviously, Brett works for me, um, but Charlotte's been furloughed. And hers was kind of like unexpected because most of her stuff was work from home anyway. Right. And she did like a few days working from home and then she does a few days of work. And then, but then they've still gone for the whole furlough route because of getting in contact with other people like round the country has become like the hard part. But like, yeah, I mean, we yours, I guess if there's no one out filming, there's no, nothing to edit.
1: No, yeah, like, unless. <laughs> Unless you were on a show where you were in fine cuts or productions fully wrapped, then mm. people can work from home. But I was on the tail end of my job anyway. Yeah. So yeah. like yeah, my like I said, my, my contract would have finished even if none of this happened. I, w- I would have been out of work the past couple of weeks anyway. Yeah. So well, how? Yeah. Um yeah, it was it was getting pretty quiet. I, I was still going in to Soho three weeks ago so even like a week or two it was getting very dead like really weird Um, and i've seen loads of videos in some of the edit groups of people having to go in to collect equipment into central london and it's dead yeah it's really weird but like around here in lewisham uh, you've got people who are just flagrantly breaking the rules just like clearly meeting up with mates in the park like they're doing their day their daily exercise of walking around. Yeah. But clearly like you're not part of the same household. Yeah. You're a group of teenagers of every ethnicity you can imagine. Like you're not from the same household. Unless you're from a giant foster <laughs> house. Like, fuck off.
0: A sort of united cause of Bill- Benetton family just going <laughs> out to the
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like the fucking cast of Tracy Beaker out there. Okay, but it's um That's a reference in that <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's 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 been it's been right it's mainly actually the fucking boomer generation yeah who see like I'll go out for I've started running again my daily exercise and they'll just take up the entire pavement yeah like two people just taking up the entire pavement and then they'll give you a dodgy look as you start to draw close and it's like, like I'm hugging one side of the pavement like at least or I'm going into the road to be like trying to avoid you, and they're just like, nah, yeah, like this is this is where I am, sort of thing. It's just like, oh, fuck you.
0: The kind of feel, like the kind of thing with that is though, that you feel like you can stare them down and just be like, I mean, it's kind of like playing chicken with your
1: health, whereas you're like, I'm probably going to survive this, guys. <laughs> the problem is, is Charlie's Charlie's high risk because she's got, acid. so it's like I can't afford to get it because she might get it and then she's fucked so it's like oh fuck you boomer but no it's, it's yeah it's been a, uh, it's been fairly right apparently there have been fights at the supermarket which we've not seen
0: oh see,
1: yeah like it's weird
0: though like i i think it was like the first week when everyone was like freaking out and were, like, everyone's hoarding toilet paper and all that kind of shit and mm. it was getting crazy um I think I heard maybe two reports of bad interactions at supermarkets. one mm. someone like a like had a screaming fight over like a roll of toilet paper, and then I've seen a video from a friend who like someone got grabbed by the throat because they wouldn't let him in the, like the supermarket because they were obviously doing like limited numbers, mm. um, and so like some people are freaking out there. But for the most part, I've been surprised, like pleasantly surprised, at how cordial everyone has been. Mm. Like it's been refreshing to kind of see because you expect the worst in these situations. You expect everyone's going to freak out, and go out, yeah. you know, start sh- shooting people. Um, I mean, like if you're in the like, thing in the US is like people just kept buying guns.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like it's lockdown, guys. You know, it's like, yeah, we're g- I got to have more guns. <laughs> yeah, like I heard people saying that they think burglaries are going to go are going to be like up up. Who's going to rob robbing
0: someone when there's yep. a virus?
1: <laughs> Well, it's just more, everyone's at home. Yeah. So the whole rationale of like, I'll break in when they're out. It's like, no one's out. (laughs) You're going to break in and be like, oh, hey, my bad. And just like.
0: It's going to be like post lockdown. That's going to be prime burglary time. If we were going to rob someone, you know, if we were going to rob someone, I'd be like, post lockdown, that first week, no one's going to be out. No, no. Everyone's going to be out. You're just going to be able to go to, to any house and just knock on the door and be like all right no one's in okay we're good (laughs) i'm real happy like it's one of those charity callers have completely stopped i'm getting no cold calls at my door at all and it's fantastic
1: so we we don't get any i think we've had jehovah's witnesses a couple of times
0: yeah
1: ring the buzzer for the apartment building and then it's just annoying when someone lets them in and you're just like oh no they're gonna knock on the door and
0: just, just, as soon as they knock on the door just start coughing really loudly behind the door <laughs> We're like oh I'm finding my keys
1: <laughs> if, uh, if it's like post for like Charlie's had some Amazon deliveries or something like that she'll literally just shout through the door like thank you leave it out there and they'll be like no, I've got to give it to you and she's like no no leave it on the floor I'm not opening my door I don't
0: know like
1: parcel wise isn't mean,
0: too bad I, I delivered from DPD um, and the guy was so chill about it like he knocked on my door and then he instantly backed up to my gate so like, he let me open the door. He's like, cool. So I need to give you the parcel. Um, but you, to save you like signing for it, I'm just going to put it by your feet. And I'm going to take a picture of you with the parcel. And then we're going to be good. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically as good as me signing for it. You've basically got
1: my, my profile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anything, it's actually more reliable.
0: It's like, don't sign for things anymore. Just take photographs of people. And then it doesn't matter who it was. I have a picture of the guy who took the parcel you know exactly who it is. You could go to your neighbors and be like, did you take my parcel? And he's like, no. I'm like, but I've got a picture. I've got a picture. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. I was trying to think, um, cause I was uh, thinking like, oh, what, what, what we talk about like podcast ones. And I was trying to think uh, what the best um, like pandemic film is. Like, cause I, I was it's like, really in reality, this pandemic compared to what we see in films is boring. Like, yeah. this is boring as shit. Like, the only film I could think which even slightly related to it was uh, I Am Legend. <laughs> but that was way more rampant and then they were evacuating cities and I was like, but all I could think was with the scenes where he's like going house to house and he's seeing like the setups. I'm like, that's okay, that's a lot similar. You're seeing a lot of that in like other people's houses where like, they don't come in, writing on doors, leaving messages like I said. I'm like, okay, that's kind of film, But yeah, like no media company has ever made a pandemic film about a casual virus?
1: Well, there's um, Contagion. Steven yeah. I haven't seen Contagion. Contagion is good. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, it's it's a virus that's far more deadly than COVID-19. It's actually like very contagious death rate and all that sort of stuff is, is a lot worse. Um, but that is literally, it's like something that started... I think in the film it's, it's something like Southeast Asia, okay. it was like a drop of monkey's blood or something like that, and it just spread. Um, and it came into the U.S. and it's like I think, I think it focuses on Matt Damon's character, and I think if I remember it correctly, it's like his daughter is patient zero for this town or something, hmm. or something like that. But it is literally like, I, there are people who are immune to it. I think. So there's a burden on them having to basically sort everything out for everyone because they're immune. Or you've got um I think it's called blindness. Something like that. Um where it's like a disease just people just go blind and nobody knows why. So they isolate all the blind people in a quarantine place. And it's got like Julianne Moore in it. Yeah, this sounds and like it- absolute nightmare. <laughs> Well, it ends up, ends up being that this sort of like weird prison hierarchy ends up being developed of who has all the materials and ends up being that someone fakes having the disease to get in there right? to basically run the place because they were blind from birth, so they know how to live with blindness. Okay. Sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's called something like blindness or sightless or something like that. I think it's done by like a Mexican director or something but that's that's pretty good I mean that's an extreme one again where yes. it's like I think that's,
0: that's, that's the thing though isn't it? like we obviously films you take it to the extreme but
1: yeah just I don't know
0: it just seems this is this is so casual for something with such a dramatic name like pandemic and obviously thousands of people are dying and we're not, not gonna make light yeah. of that in any anyway but it's not like people are dropping in the street like, no, no, it's not <laughs> as dramatic as that. Yeah, it's like you're not seeing like live footage of someone coughing on blood in a supermarket and all that. It's like it's real, real. Maybe that's even like maybe that's the film. I'm waiting for the film of this. Like you can guarantee right now, and i was saying this on Twitter. I feel like right now there is like thousands of terrible novels, screenplays being written about this pandemic. Mm-hmm. The amount of like romantic fiction, which is going to come out of this of people trapped in houses together, having to self-isolate.
1: Oh God. I didn't even think about that.
0: Like it's going to be so big. And then you're going to go to the cinema and it's going to be two people in a house for the entire film. Mm -hmm. It'll be a rom-com. There'll be a rom-com. There's going to be a rom-com, you know? Uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now I know the, uh, the BBC and the BFI were encouraging, oh, look, we're opening up submissions for writing something about this sort of thing. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> it's going to be boring as fuck. You're going you're gonna to have a rom-com. You're going to have like a rear window, yeah. disturbia a sort of like thriller going on as well. Definitely,
0: it, There's going to be a, a comedy. There's going to be some sort of comedy about lockdown. You know, yeah. you can have a, a non-lockdown comedy. There'll be a fantasy
1: There'll be a coming of age.
0: Yeah. Teenager yeah. trapped in a lockdown house. then against yeah. the world. I think the teens have been the most, like, I, I, in a way, I'm like, as much as old people being trapped inside, and like, obviously being alone and all that kind of stuff, I feel real bad for teenagers right now. <laughs> like, you think, like, you're 16, and it's yeah. summer, and everyone's like, yeah, you can't leave the house all you're going to want to do is leave the house. All you're going to want to do is break the law and go see your friends.
1: <laughs> well, I keep seeing all that stuff where it's like, Oh, you know, you should be learning new language or all that crap. And then I've seen the counter arguments to be like, well, you've got the time, but you don't have the mindset because of what's going on. But I haven't seen anything which is like Kevin McAllister was alone in his house. And yet nobody's encouraging you to booby trap your house. It's like, this is the prime time to realise you've got enough time to think, what can I do with random miscellaneous crap that if somebody were to break in, I can cause serious bodily harm. If you be encouraging education, if you're encouraging some sort of
0: Rube Goldberg society, where everyone's just setting up intricate mechanisms in the house and saying, yeah, so now if you went to my house, uh, you open the door and you get served coffee. <laughs> so what happens? So, uh, there's a bunch of dominoes in my house, um, and now those have a use. <laughs> DVD collection suddenly became very useful. Hey, awesome. DVD collection always useful. I'll tell you, I got rid of like I think I must have been like fifty, sixty DVDs. Right, I got really trimmed down my collection. Um, like there was like few months back just decided to go through my house and like get rid of stuff stuff which i hadn't read stuff which i hadn't like watched or anything like that films yeah. which i just didn't really care about anymore and decided to like really drop it out. so now i've only got like three bookcases of dvds instead of like three bookcases and bits here and bits
1: here and all that kind of stuff yeah. um but yeah like
0: i can't imagine you
1: trimming down your dvd collection. Well, I've, <laughs> I've got a finite amount of space here like until we move and get more room yeah so i i take a bunch home i dump them in my parents attic they don't know that i do this the amount of times that i've probably dumped about 70 odd dvds yeah. <laughs> and when i eventually get a bigger place i'm probably going to grab them all and then probably trade them all in because yeah. it's like I've not missed those 70 films for about two years now
0: <laughs> yeah. i think that was like the way i did it was i looked through and i was like have I watched this in the last year? Mm. Would I miss it if I didn't have it there? In the same way, my books, I was like, I was just hoarding more and more books, and so I went, you know, if I'm not reading it three years ago and I bought it three years ago,
1: mm.
0: d- am I even going to feel like I'm missing out if it's not there? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I I probably should go through my film collection at some point. There are plenty that I bought purely to have it yeah like, I, mean, I was like oh, i need all the marvel comic adaptations so i even got like electra yeah. and the old fantastic four and it's like wh- why why do i have those but i need them in my marvel collection it's like no no i don't i really don't <laughs> but i don't think anyone would even accept them as trading anymore like i'll give you a pen a penny for that like,
0: yeah but i think that's the problem isn't it? Like, you're gonna get to the end and go trade them in to CEX, and you're gonna make like 50p for like fifty DVDs, and you come back at like fifty. I mean, with fifty B, you can buy fifty DVDs at CUX. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, I had a clear out as well. Of just like, you know, when you we were a uni and you do that thing where you buy films because you should own that film. Yeah, yeah, I got rid of like a load of those. Just like ones which I bought, watched because you had to, because it was the thing to do, because like the, the film student thing.
1: And I was like, yeah, no. yeah, we like, butcher. <laughs> I have, I have slowed down. I'm, like, I rarely buy DVDs anymore. There was annoyingly when I was, uh, when I left Lincoln and I moved back in with my parents and I had nothing to fucking do at all at first. So every week I would go into town to see my sister, but beforehand I'll pop, pop into CX and I normally bought two or three DVDs at a time. Yeah. And my time of living home with my parents for like eight months before I moved to London, I probably bought about 100, 120 DVDs or something. Mm. And it's like, I don't need half of those anymore at all. Like, yeah, like I've graded my entire VHS collection to DVD. And some of them were like, I don't even like this film, but I just don't want it on VHS anymore. Right, okay. So, mm. It's like, I had to have it still, but... There's a real
0: hoarding mentality there. I went through my VHSs. I've trimmed that down. Like I've still The problem is that, right? So I, I went through and I sorted out a nice box of VHSs. And then I haven't actually got rid of them. <laughs> because I'm in two minds about. that. Am I right? Okay. I can't give them to charity shops. Because charity shops throw them out. All right. They don't accept VHS anymore. So I'm like, okay, Okay. I give cherry shops. I don't want to throw them in a landfill because they're all plastics. They'll never degrade. So I'm like, in my head, I'm trying to find a use for VHS, like a a practical use for a VHS tape. And the only thing I could come up with was building birdhouses. Okay. I was like, they're plastic, waterproof. Fully, like you could insulate it quite easily, and then you know they're almost like it's almost like Lego, so you could just block them, and then there's a little hole in the front which would just pop out because you're not have the tapes in it. And I was like, that is the only kind of with. And until I get a better idea, I might just start making VHS birdhouses.
1: <laughs> so, how did you come out of this self isolation? Well, I uh, built VHS birdhouses and sold them on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not that there's worse existences, <laughs> you know, worse things to do. I don't understand how people like it. I mean, obviously, there's, there's a, the whole aspect of being stuck inside, but I'm really struggling with the concept of people being bored because
1: I just don't feel it. <laughs> it can get a bit repetitive. Like, like I'm getting like I, I sort of try and limit myself. Like Charlie is working from home, mm. so I. Like, she has a working day, Monday to Friday. Yeah. So uh, I can just escape to the bedroom and just stream some stuff in here. So, like, I've finished off Mr. Robot. I've just started Westworld again because I only watched the first season. So I'm re-watching that to catch up the latest stuff. And But I'll limit myself to only, like, two episodes a day at most sort of things. It's like, yeah, I don't want to just awesome. get bored of just either run out of content or get bored of streaming yeah like i've got to treat it as if it was like oh this is my lunch break at work so i might watch an episode or two depending how busy it is but
0: i'm trying to do a thing where i only essentially consume content which i haven't seen before right so like because my like my netflix list was getting ridiculous my prime list was getting ridiculous Um, and then like obviously because I had this clearer I found all the books which I'd had but I hadn't read Mm. Um, so I've just been going through and going right every TV show apart from like occasional dips into shows which I know just on my lunch break everything else needs to be brand new needs to be something I haven't seen needs to be something which I've been meaning to watch regardless of mood I'm sitting down and like forcing myself into watching these things and I think I've like watched four or five different series like through now um and found a few things which i'm just like now nah, i'm not too interested in that anymore I'm just like clear out. but i've also like i'm on like my sixth book in three weeks right because i'm just binging through books and working from home there's like so many gaps in between i'm just like oh i'll read a chapter here and i'll read a chapter here. yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean i'm only rewatching season 1 of westworld is the first thing that isn't new. Yeah. Me. It's only cuz it was like I've been meaning to watch season 2 for ages, absolutely ages, and of course season 3 has just begun We're about halfway through. And I was like it's only 10 eps for a season. I can't be bothered to watch a recap that yeah. I I watched El Camino the breaking bad film and I watched the okay. f- season 1 to 5 breaking bad recap cuz I was like I'm not going to I haven't got time to, this was before self, this was like start of the year, like January. And I was like, I'm not, I haven't got the time to sit and watch 60 eps of Breaking Bad. So yeah. I'll watch a recap. And because it was a recap, not made for El Camino, like isn't somebody said, this is everything you need to know for the film. It was just mm. a general, it's season one, two and three. And it was like an hour long recap,
0: okay. but it
1: was a whole chunk of stuff that, it's just background stuff that's good to know that I was suddenly starting to remember as I was watching El Camino, like, Oh yeah, that, that relates to the right. Yeah. Of course. Sort of thing. Um, And I thought I can't be bothered. There's there's no point watching a recap of Westworld. That's going to take an hour to watch a thorough recap. When there's (laughs) any like I might as well just rewatch the season. 10 days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I've got the time to do that. <laughs> so let's just do that. But I am trying to watch, like I went through and watched, uh, I realized I had a list of about 15 Netflix original films. That I'd always been like, oh, I'll watch that. I'll watch that. But Charlie's not interested in them. So I've got to watch them when she's not around. So I never had the time to do that. And if it was like, I oh, normally I would go to the cinema quite often because I've got like, my limited pass. But if Charlie's not interested in the film, then she's not forced to come with me. I'm yeah. not forcing her to watch it as well. So, I would go to the cinema all the time, but I wouldn't watch new content that much by myself at home. Yeah. So I went through, and there was like twelve or fifteen odd films. Like a lot of them were actually quite new releases, like Two Popes. Um, the Two Popes. I didn't. Re- I wasn't really sure what I thought of it. Like, I it got to the end. I quite liked it. Um, my on my last job my second assistant really liked it but she just liked the idea of basically she liked the mumblecore indie sort of genre but didn't know what it was okay which was just like, it was really refreshing just to watch a film of two people talking and it's just really interesting and i'm like that's a whole subgenre of indie films <laughs> from like gen x yes. it's like what? and i'm like just watch the before trilogy by richard linklater like that is just two people talking for 90 minutes <laughs> like a huge conversation nothing just, happened. <laughs> it's called mumblecore just google it <laughs> but she'd never come across that sort of film before yeah um, I think my problem with it was like in a way was
0: maybe like I don't know I, I felt maybe they they tried too hard to make um, I don't know, them seem like good people in a way like obviously they they put a bit of a slant on um, Hopkins character to make him seem a bit greedy and and self-indulgent and all that kind of stuff but they really they really pushed that whole saintly like ebb and I think by the end of it it was like this almost just seems like an advert for Catholicism
1: (laughs) Catholicism wow
0: yeah like it's, it's getting to that point where you were like oh you're just gonna bust out like finger guns at the end of it just
1: yeah,
0: and um, I—it was like the whole—and I, I get that that was in a way like the message as they were very different people. But at the same time, I was just like, yeah, I feel like this is like almost conversion film. Like it's like the kind of Christian film a Christian would want to make, but they couldn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, just need Buddy Christ to pop up. <laughs> this is the time to bring
0: Buddy Christ back. This, like, could you imagine? Like, this, there's got to be like. I feel like religion's going to see a huge resurgence because of this whole situation. Like, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. People get into that bad situation, so what do they do? They turn to faith. They turn to, like, community and faith, and a lot of community has to be based in faith because then people feel like there's actual reason to do it instead of just being a good person. Um, And then, yeah, like, I feel like you could easily reboot Christianity right now.
1: Just forget all the atrocities we did. Just you yeah,
0: know. like you, this is the, the if there was ever a time for a rebranding, this is the time for the rebranding. because like, they tried <laughs> they tried years ago to do like a gritty reboot where they went really hard against gays and that didn't quite tick. So now they could do a light reboot and do like a, a comet. It could be like Ragnarok. They could do Christian Ragnarok.
1: This is a rabbit hole in half, but I'm just saying. <laughs> they, they, they they, certainly could. They certainly could. They could start it with a... Just get just get Kevin Smith to bring a Buddy Christ back. Apparently he's right in Clerks 3. Just have a load of Buddy Christ subtly in Clerks 3. There you go.
0: Uh, I watched um, fucking Tusk.
1: I've not seen Tusk yet. Is it actually, like, I know everyone says it's shit. I know even Kevin Smith says it's shit. Right. But it's actually worth the watch.
0: My, so I feel like I'm
1: biasing it. Right. Because I don't like the main actor. Is it Justin Long? Is he the main actor? I'm going to do a quick phone phone search. I think it might be. Because I know it's like... Kevin Smith basically apologises for making tusk and yoga hoses and I've not seen either of them.
0: Yeah, it's Justin Long. So I'm not a fan of Justin Long. Right. I don't know why. I think he's just got one of those faces I really want to slap. And that is kind of the point of his character in the film. He's men are come across as like a massive douche. But because of that, I don't feel any sympathy for him at any point in the film. (laughs) <laughs> like it keeps getting worse and worse, and I'm just like, I do not care about your character. And I've seen him in other things, and be like, I just do. You're the same guy. You're just the same guy, and every you're fucking Jack Black book shit. Like, <laughs> and yeah, like I, I I do not enjoy him. So like, I feel like I got heavy bias. It is bad. If you saw it in CX fifty P, and it was a B movie you'd think it's amazing because of how bad it is. It's one of those, like, if you picked it up randomly and was like, oh, there's this terrible film called Tusk about a walrus, you'd be like, okay. And then you'd watch it and you'd be like, this is fucking awful, I need to show more people. But because <laughs> you know it's made by Kevin Smith and because you know what he's capable of, you, you kind of sat there at the end going, this is bad and he should be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He should be ashamed of himself.
0: Should be, I mean, he, he, did you see? The, he's um, he's got plans to make moose Jaw? Moose, moose, jar. moose jars is I think is like the thing. It's like it's another one of those like conversations that I had on a podcast. And basically, it's Jaws with moose. Right. So basically, moose start attacking people somewhere in Canada because he's now got this obsession with Canada and horror for some reason. I don't know where it's come from, but. Yeah, he's like, there's been a whole thing recently about it. Like, he wants to make Moose Which, it'll just end up like Tusk.
1: Well, hopefully I'll get put on the back burner. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's he's got plenty going on. He's doing the He-Man thing (laughs) at the moment. What's the He-Man thing? He's, uh, Netflix are doing, I think, an animation series. All right. And he's like, I think he's the main, he's like the showrunner. For it. Yeah. Um and I, I think they've got like Mark Hamill and Sarah um Sarah Michelle Geller and a few others like as the voice cast, they announced it not too long ago.
0: Okay. But hmm. I, I saw the thing recently about uh Kevin Smith and Disney. Like there's a like, thing, like, what, like the, the Disney Plus series which never got off the ground or something like that.
1: Yeah, Kingdom, something or other. Yeah yeah i'm not yeah i, I thought i could be i've 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 seen a bunch of the stuff tv he's directed but it's so entwined cause it's always the cw arrow verse right it's like supergirl and the flash and stuff like that but because he's only ever done like the odd one dotted throughout a season mm. like you the only way you can clearly tell it's kevin smith is because either harlequin or jason mews appears in it right <laughs> And then it's like, ah, oh, it's a Kevin Smith episode because there's Jason Muse or Harley Quinn Smith <laughs> like um, oh, where's the cameo? Cameo's coming. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but them them shows are so showrunner led entwined with each other that you can't really and they've got a formula that you can't really discern. Yeah. Every now and then you get the odd episode where you can tell the director really push the boat to be like, No, I'm I'm doing one where they're on lockdown so it's a horror sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, them shows are so indistinguishable episode to episode. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see him do a whole series that is his work. Like, he's the showrunner, sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. So, like, the random thing about Tusk is, like, you're watching it, so see, I didn't know who was in it. Right. At all. Like, I didn't know who was playing the main guy, didn't know who was playing, like, the villain. Any of that? I knew Kevin Smith's star was in it because um, he'd posted about it like continuously for like a year. Um, but halfway through, there was a cameo for a character actor, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" It's fucking Johnny Deppson in,
1: <laughs> in in Tusk. He's in Tusk because he's in yoga hoses as well.
0: Yeah, he's in Tusk. And I was just like. What does he play in Tusk? He's he's this like, I, I want to say like an investigator. So essentially, like they go out to find more information on like the, the villain or track him down or that kind of thing. Um, and then he's like this French Canadian investigator who goes. And then there's a really long classic Kevin Smith like monologue interview scene, like chasing Amy esque, sitting in a diner. Like it's that that whole self usual usual thing, um, and yeah, and, and I was like sat watching it for a while. I was like I couldn't tell it was him because he's under that heavier makeup, and I was like Hang on a minute, this guy looks almost enough like Johnny Depp in costume, and then right. like, that's fucking Johnny
1: Depp. Well, he's in he's in yoga hoses as well. Okay, um, I think Harley Quinn and Johnny Depp's daughter are friends. That must be maybe
0: she's the other girl then.
1: Because in Yoga Hoses, Harley Quinn and Johnny Depp's daughter are the two leads. Okay, yeah, so, yeah,
0: because they're, they're convenience workers in Tusk. They're convenience workers in Yoga yeah, Hoses. So I, th- I imagine that's the crossover point. And yeah, I yeah. that, that would explain why Johnny Depp's in it, but like, yeah, unexpected. Like, it's just like watching this film casually and I like, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <And Johnny Depp's, laughs> Did you watch the uh, Son, and Bob reboot, that's just full of cameos.
0: I haven't seen it. I was really like we, me and Sean at work. We, we'd seen it advertised, got hmm. like all amped up. Sean yeah. was still having a go at me because I keep saying that the original Jane, Silent Bob doesn't hold up. Like the film just does not hold up. Like I've rewatched
1: no, it, it, it doesn't hold up. It it doesn't. It doesn't. It, Clerks, more rats. Yeah. It, yeah, but Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back. It is like. Just does not hold up, it's too slapstick like
0: (laughs) um but yeah we were having that usual debate and then we were trying to find where we could watch it because first off the release date seemed to change at random Mm. the uk release date and they were trying to figure out where we could watch it and only one place was playing it which was in Cleethorpes, of all places of all places like nottingham wasn't showing it sheffield wasn't showing it you know, you like all these cities. Nowhere was showing. Cleethorpes, random cinema, that like they decided to show it, and we couldn't go see it because it was like six p.m. on a weekday. It us, like what two and a half hours to record a podcast, which takes an hour, right? It's... Yeah, you know, the, these issues. I I do like I I do think like, I mean in a way these these issues illustrate a, a good like. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my phone's vibrating. Give me a sec. See you. Just like the whole idea of like what's made this whole situation more bearable is the fact that we've had all this technology. Like I was saying to someone, like if this had been, you know, six years ago during uni, trying to do any of this with the initial version of Facebook and the initial version of like in Myspace or whatever the hell we were using back then you know there was no Snapchat none of this existed and we were just kind of like oh but staying in contact has been so easy even despite like technical issues like we've had today it's, it's really opened up like the stream I think it's made it so much easier um, at least more bearable I mean like we've been able to do this today um, you know it's like video calling is not something I regularly do but during this, I found myself doing it fairly regularly, like just giving people that a familiar face to get used to, um, and see like outside of four walls, different backgrounds and stuff like that. I think it's been, I think it's been real useful. Yeah. But I think we'll round this out because I'm using my four G and my internet connection's gonna, gonna come a, come to an end any minute. Uh, <laughs> but it's been nice to talk to you, Matt, and have a ramble. Yeah, yeah. I mean this isn't going to go up till May so who knows what situation we'll be in by then this will, maybe this will just be like a callback this will be a callback to a nicer time when everyone wasn't dead <laughs> we started like looking at the start of the podcast and like they were saying this wasn't that bad and then it was like oh no it was terrible <laughs> it got away worse yeah it was steadily steadily deteriorate or we'll have got full cabin fever and like be going slightly more insane and the podcast will get r- more ridiculous uh, but we'll see we'll see cool well, I shall talk to you later then Matt thank you very much and I'll, I'll call call that there talk to you later bye